Hey, thanks for tuning in to the latest sermon. We pray that it challenges you, blesses you, and ultimately that it would stir your heart's affection for Jesus. Enjoy. Oh, Lord, we thank you so much for what you're doing in this place. So good. Thank you, team, for leading us. Today we continue our series on why we worship. And last week we discussed uh, what happens when we worship. What is heaven's response? What is God's response when we lift his name up in praise? And we we discussed uh, how his presence comes when we worship. We, We discussed how he fills our hearts with joy when we lift his name up in praise. We said that praise is a weapon of our warfare. And I think this is one of the most overlooked things in uh, the church right now, that uh, praise is a weapon of our warfare. Praise releases the power of God. Uh, When we set our gaze upon him in praise, when we fix our attention upon him, he conforms us to the image of his son from glory to glory. And finally, uh, I said that praise changes our perspective. We get heaven's perspective when we set our gaze upon him. And so um, this, this morning, I want to continue. I want to build on last week's sermon. Uh, not only is there power in our praise, but there is also expressions of our praise, And these expressions are even commanded in the scriptures. In uh, 1992, a guy named Gary Chapman wrote a really famous book called The Five Love Languages. Has anyone read The Five Love Languages? A few of you, okay. Um, I read this book during my and Becky's engagement, and it, uh, it it enlightened me to the way that she feels loved. Often, the way we love others is the way we feel loved. So I'm trying to love Becky, but she's not picking up on the things that I'm laying down. Does that make sense? (laughs) And uh, she's like, actually, I receive love in different ways than you give love. And so I had to learn the way that she received love. So it kind of revolutionized my world. Uh, Highly recommend the book. Um, but just like now I know how to love my wife, uh, how I honor her, respect her, show her my love and affection in a way that she will receive it, God has given us in his word ways that he receives our praise. And so last week we looked at uh, this command in worship, or sorry, this command in the word to praise and the 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 command given to praise the Lord is given 250 times throughout Scripture. And so our our praise is actually an act of obedience. It's not a matter of whether we feel like it. Probably many of you came this morning, maybe you had a late night last night, Uh, maybe you're watching a movie or something, or hanging out with friends, you woke up a little tired, and you came here and you're like, yeah, I'm here but I don't know if I really feel like engaging. 
The great thing is we don't have to follow our feelings because we are commanded to praise and so uh, we can step into it regardless of how we feel. Matt Chandler talks about commands in the scripture and he said all commands in scripture are to woo us to the heart of God. God commands things in scripture not because he's this demanding God but he desires to woo us, to draw us into relationship with him. And so the command to praise him is uh, the same. We, it's, it's to draw us into a relationship. God desires to walk in relationship with us in an intimate relationship. And so praise that is, or sorry. Um, and then scripture also tells us, and we looked, about, we looked at this uh, two weeks ago. I had a, a diagram up on the screen, and uh, it talked about how we are made body, soul, and spirit. And so um, praise that is true, uh, worship before God, uh, is actually um, from our inner man in spirit and in truth, and it's, it comes from our innermost being, but it's also, because we are created body, soul, and spirit, it's, there's an integration. It's actually our whole being that is involved in our praise to the Lord. Praise involves every part of us. And, and our bodies, our physical bodies, express the things that are unseen. And so uh, we have, in our culture, we have um, different so if I'm greeting someone for the first time, I, I may shake their hand. Um, in the army, if I'm uh, showing someone honor or, or uh, leaving the room, I'll salute them. Uh, we have different body, bodily expressions for different things that are unseen. Uh, another one is laughter. Laughter is something that bubbles up from within us and it's an expression of what's going on inside. Crying typically expresses sadness, but there's also crying that expresses joy. Jumping up and down and shouting is an expression of excitement. And so physical expressions are essential in our interactions with each other. When Becky and I decided to come to Cochrane, Cochrane Alliance, uh, Jason Kaliba, the lead pastor at the time, said, Randall, we desire to be a church that is unreserved in our worship. We, and, and Becky and I were ecstatic about that, that, that we would be joining a community who desires to be unreserved in our worship, that we would be exuberant uh, worshipers. And so just a few months into uh, being on staff, Jason and the board and uh, the staff came together and we put together a vision and mission statement. And then after we did that, we came up with seven defining words that would define who we are. Some of them were prayer, hospitable. Uh, I don't remember all of them right now. But one of them was this word, unreserved. Unreserved. And so uh, we, what we said underneath, kind of as a subtitle, we love Jesus passionately and want to experience the Spirit more deeply. Amen? Amen. Amen. And so uh, that was a defining word for us. 
And the biblical example of worship and of praise is unreserved, holding nothing back, extravagant, all or nothing. If you read from Genesis to Revelation, there are some crazy stories of uh, praise and worship, and, and there are even some visions from heaven of what worship lo- looks like, and it is quite crazy. And so we want to be um, extravagant, unreserved in our worship. Sometimes I, I wonder whether our church and other churches, typically in the West, understand the God we are worshiping. When we come together, we're often quite reserved. That being, being reserved isn't always bad, but um, when it comes to our worship, uh, sometimes I, I wonder. Listen to Hebrews 1 verse 3, okay? Jesus is the radiance of the glory of God and the exact imprint of his nature, and he upholds the universe by the power of his word. How do you even do that? You uphold like the stars, the planets that are in motion, the sun, the moon, the earth, the fact that we're breathing, like all of creation, he upholds by the power of his word. I mean, that's reason to get excited. That is reason to be unreserved in our Worship. Jesus upholds the universe by his word. Cocker Alliance, I give you permission to get excited. <laughs> I give you permission uh, to, to be exuberant in your worship, to express yourself in godly, biblical adoration and praise. You have permission to be unreserved in your worship. Uh, Pastor Jeremy Austell says, outward expression of worship or, or of praise is essential for five different reasons. Number one, it is biblical, and we'll, we'll get into that. Um, uh, outward expression of worship is biblical in that we do not follow our culture our traditions, uh, that's not what guide us in our expression of worship. We don't, we don't uh, follow our preferences. It is the truth of who God is and is the truth of his word. God clearly shows us that uh, from Genesis to Revelation, all throughout his word, there are expressions of worship and they are um, a lot more exuberant than a lot of us are um, prone to. And another thing is we don't lift our hands, we don't um, kneel before the Lord, we don't jump and shout and clap our hands because we are part of or not a part of a certain denomination. (laughs) We don't do it because we are Pentecostal or charismatic or alliance. Uh, We do it because it's commanded in the scripture. It's invited in the scripture. It's the biblical example in the scripture to be unreserved in our worship. 
Second, uh, it, is, it is biblical and appropriate to outwardly express yourself in praise. It is biblical and appropriate to outwardly express yourself in praise. Secondly, Jeremy Austell gives uh, another point. He says, it has profound effect on others. Our worship, our praise before the Lord um, that is unreserved has an effect on those around us. It, it inspires worship and praise. When I see someone um, just diving in, all in for, for praise and worship, it inspires me as well to do the same. And so it provokes us, it stirs us. Thirdly, he says, it forces us to take control of the flesh. And I talked about this a little bit already. It, it forces us to take control of the flesh in that when we come together as the body of Christ, uh, we don't always feel like praising the Lord. We don't always feel like singing or giving a shout of praise or clapping our hands, or maybe we're not good at clapping on beat. <laughs> I actually think we're pretty good here at clapping on beat, but um, it forces us to, to we, uh, David in the Psalms, he commanded his soul to praise the Lord. We actually have to command our flesh sometimes as well to go after the things of God. And so, uh, it t- forces us to take us uh, to take control of the flesh. Uh, fourth, it breaks us from our comfort and convenience. Comfort and convenience is probably the number one enemy in the Western world against the things of God and about going deeper in God. No one has ever done anything great for God while living in comfort and convenience. And so, outward, exuberant, unreserved expression in worship breaks us out of comfort and convenience. And finally, celebration is part of the Christian ethic. For thousands and thousands of years, as long as the people of God have been around, it has been a part of who they are to celebrate um, exuberantly. I heard an example this past week about a Jewish wedding. I've never been to a Jewish wedding, uh, but apparently they are unreal. Has anyone ever been to a Jewish wedding? A couple people. Apparently there is just a lot of dancing and shouting and laughing and, and it's just a hootenanny or whatever they call. <laughs> oh, that's going to be a clip on YouTube somewhere. Oh my gosh. Anyway, celebration has been a part of the Christian ethic for thousands of years. And so we should continue that on. So when the, when the Bible was written, um, it was written primarily in, in three languages, Hebrew, Aramaic, and Greek. The Old Testament was primarily Hebrew. The New Testament was primarily Greek. And... Um, I'm not a translator, I don't know much about translating languages, but I do know that it's often difficult to find, if there's one word in Hebrew, 
Um, it's often find, it's difficult to find the exact translation, like word for word. Uh, one word means this, and another word means this. Um, in the Hebrew, there's also often many words for one word in English. Does that make sense? And so, my case in point here is our word, praise. We say, let's praise the Lord. And we have an idea of what that might be. In the Hebrew language, there's actually seven words for praise. Seven words for our one word, praise. And so if we're commanded 250 times in the scriptures to praise the Lord, and there's seven different Hebrew words of praise, then maybe it would be good to to know those different words, right? And so today, I want to take us on a journey of learning some Hebrew. I'm not a Hebrew scholar, but I do know how to study a little bit. And so uh, we're going to dive into some Hebrew words, seven Hebrew words uh, for praise. The first word for praise in the Hebrew language is halal. Can you all say halal? Halal. Perfect pronunciation. (laughs) This word means to shine, to rave, to boast, to praise, to be clamorously foolish, or to act Madly, act madly. The, word, the Hebrew word halal occurs 165 times in 140 verses in the Old Testament. Psalm 96 verse 4 says this, For great is the Lord and greatly to be halaled. He is to be feared above all gods. When thinking of uh, King David, many things come to mind. But for me, the the number one thing that comes to mind when I think about King David is uh, the topic of worship. And and I believe that he is the uh, greatest example of biblical worship in the Bible. And so we, we, most of us know this story. I've talked about it before. In 2 Samuel 6.14, we see this story of David. He's wearing a linen ephod, essentially his underwear, And he is dancing before the Lord with all his might. Dancing before the Lord with all his might while he and all of Israel bringing up the ark of the Lord with shouts and the sound of trumpets. This is a perfect example of acting madly or acting foolishly in worship. David is dancing uh, in his tidy whities before the Lord. Before the Lord. One of my favorite things about David is how seriously he takes the idea of worship. How seriously he takes the worship and praise of God. And so uh, as David was um, transferring over the kingship to King Solomon, his son, He appoints Solomon king, and then he has 38,000 Levites at his disposal. So 38,000 Levites, that's about the population of Cochrane. And uh, he takes 24,000 of those Levites, and he says, your job is going to be to minister in the house of the Lord. And then 4,000 of those Levites 
he gives them one job, and that is to halal before the Lord. 4,000 Levites acting madly in praise before the Lord in the temple. Unreal, unreal. Um, I feel like the Lord is, is saying, you know, I'm calling you into something more in worship. I feel like he's saying you can, you can have your dignity, but if you really want to enter into the worship of me, into praising me, you might have to let that dignity fall to the wayside. Psalm 150, verse 6, let everything that has breath halal the Lord. Martin Lloyd-Jones said this, a dislike of enthusiasm can be one of the greatest hindrances of revival. As I prepared, this, as I prepared and prayed uh, for this morning, this past week, um, the staff will know this, but one of my favorite hideouts in the building is the nursery. And I'll go in there and I'll just spend time with the Lord and I'll work on my sermon. And, and uh, this week I was halaling before the Lord in the nursery. And I'm sure there are people on the sidewalk looking through the windows in the nursery being like, who is that madman in the nursery of that church halaling before the Lord? No, they probably didn't think that. But I'll be honest it was awkward. I'm by myself. I'm acting foolishly before the Lord. And uh, it was weird. It felt uncomfortable. But at one point, I, I, I got a sense of um, goosebumps throughout my whole entire body. And I, f I felt the pleasure of the Lord on me. And I, I felt like he was pleased in the midst of my uncomfortability. I desire to praise him according to the biblical command, even if it's all alone in the nursery, halaling before the Lord. Maybe you're saying, Randall, I just don't feel like it. I don't want to, to look foolish. I don't feel like it. And, and that's okay. Your feelings are a lousy guide. Your feelings uh, are a lousy master. We have a whole generation acting on their feelings, and it's scary. Feelings are relevant, but to be led by them is immaturity. Many of us fear uh, our, our fear of making this, this worship and praise emotional, but in it we act on our feelings not to enter into it. The Lord is asking us, the Lord is inviting us to, to be foolish before him. The second word, the second Hebrew word for praise is this word yada, and it shows up 111 times in the Bible. It means to revere or worship, to give thanks or praise, and to lift one's hands. To lift one's hands. Psalm 97, or sorry, Psalm 57, 
verse nine says, I will yadah you, Lord, among the nations. I will sing of you among the peoples. Psalm 86, 12 says, I will yadah you, Lord, my God, with all my heart. I will glorify your name. In 2019 and 2021, the Winnipeg Blue Bombers won back-to-back gray cups. It's pretty quiet in here. (laughs) Back-to-back gray cups. And uh, there is a lovely couple in this church who their team did not make it into the gray cup as in 2019 as it was here in Calgary. And they were incredibly generous and knew I was a Bomber fan, and they gave me two tickets. And so I called up one of my closest friends, and uh, we're both from Manitoba, and so we were just jazzed that we got to see the Winnipeg Blue Bombers, who hadn't won a Grey Cup in 30 years, win a Grey Cup. And so we get to the game, and of course, there is a lot of reason to be cheering because the Bombers are getting touchdown after touchdown after touchdown, and we are continuously jumping off our seats and screaming and raising our hands, and we're excited about the Winnipeg Blue Bombers. You could say that we were dying to lift one's hands. The Lord is commanding, inviting, asking us to yadah his name, to lift our hands to him in praise, to thank him for his thankfulness. Lifting our hands to the Lord is also an action of uh, surrender unto the Lord. You know, when, when the cops get you, everyone puts their hands up, arms up. I'm done. I surrender. I surrender. That's another reason why we surrender to the Lord. And so this morning, I want to try something. Um, I, I want to invite us all to raise our hands. So if we can do it all together, ready to get uncomfortable, we're raising our hands, raising our hands. And if you would just repeat after me, Lord, I surrender to you. I submit to your leadership. I give my life to you anew today. Amen. Amen. You just yadah the Lord. <laughs> yadah the Lord. The third Hebrew word for praise is to barak. Barak, to bless, to kneel, to salute, a visual act of submission. Psalm 134 says, Barak the Lord, all you servants of the Lord, who minister by night in the house of the Lord, lift up your hands in the sanctuary and Barak the Lord. Psalm 95, 6, Oh, come, let us worship and bow down. Let us kneel before the Lord, our maker, for he is our God and we are the people of his pasture and the sheep of his hand. A hallmark of the Christian faith is submission to the lordship of Jesus. We submit to the leadership of Jesus because his leadership is perfect. And so we bow down before the Lord in a physical expression 
of showing him that we are um, coming under his perfect leadership. We are submitting to his perfect leadership. And I feel like some of us need to even bow down in the physical before our, our hearts might not be there. But when we bow down before the Lord in submission to his leadership, our spirit, our inner man follows suit. And so we come before the Lord and we honor you, Jesus. We praise you. We worship you. We thank you that your leadership is perfect. And then our, our inner man, our inner being, begins to believe what our body is doing. Uh, the fourth Hebrew word for praise is tehillah. Not tequila. <laughs> tequila. Everyone say tequila. Tequila. <laughs> oh, that joke never gets old. <laughs> All right. A song, tequila is a song or hymn of praise, but most, most importantly, it's a spontaneous expression or spiritual song. Psalm 145, 21 says, My mouth will speak in tequila of the Lord. Let every creature praise his holy name forever and ever. In Exodus uh, 15, 11, there's uh, a song of Moses, and this is a great example of tequila praise. Who among the gods is like you, Lord? Who is like you, majestic in holiness, awesome in glory, working wonders? It was a, a tequila, a spontaneous song that was written down. Sometimes you're singing in church or you're singing in your home, maybe in your van or your kitchen or wherever you are, you're singing before the Lord and something comes over you, the Holy Spirit, and all you can do, because there's this bubbling up inside of you, and all you can do is sing a new song. All you can do is sing uh, words that have never been sung before in a certain tune. That is tehila. That is a spontaneous expression before the Lord. There's a, a lady who rents uh, our church kitchen. And she has one of the loudest speaker systems I've ever heard. And over it, she blasts worship music. So she's here, I don't know, monthly for sure, often. And she's blasting worship music in the kitchen while she's doing canning and cooking and all the things that she's doing. And uh, not only does she blast this music, but she sings at the top of her lungs the entire day. It's amazing. I love it. I love walking past and just, what is going on in there? It is incredible. But all of a sudden, out of the middle of nowhere, she'll begin to veer from the song that's being sung. And she'll begin to express herself in a new song unto the Lord. That is tequila praise. It's a bubbling up from within. And there's nothing you can do but sing a new song to the Lord. The psalmist writes, Oh, sing to the Lord a new song. Sing to the Lord all the earth. It's time for the church 
to sing a new song. Maybe we're stuck singing old songs over and over because we're hung up on past victories. We've seen the Lord move in mighty ways in the past, but we haven't exerted fresh faith for him to do new things. And so therefore, we're stuck singing the old songs. Maybe it's time to exert our faith again for new victories and new things that the Lord wants to do and new songs will arise from the depths of who we are. It's time for the new song to arise. If his new mercies, if his mercies are new every single morning, then certainly there must be songs that are new, that should be arising from us. Even this morning as we're gathered together The band has led us in a wonderful way in worship, in songs that a lot of us know, probably not all of us know these songs, but a lot of us know these songs, and they're old songs, believe it or not. They're old songs because they're not the new song. The new song is a fresh song, right? But as we're gathered in this place, we're singing songs that have been written, and the band comes to an end and there's a little bit of a lull. We're not done worshiping. We can actually sing a new song to the Lord in between the songs that we're singing. We can sing, thank you, Jesus. Oh, I praise you, Lord. You are worthy of my worship. All I can do is praise. You're faithful. Your mercies are new every morning. Your leadership is perfect. You are good in all your ways. That's a Tehillah song to the Lord. Amen. Amen. Be free to sing the Tehillah song from within. I encourage you to sing that song that has never been written before. Even if it's, maybe it's in your quiet time at home, you're reading the word of God and, and the Holy Spirit inspires or, or highlights something in his word and this thankfulness comes over you. Just begin to sing out the Tehillah praise of the Lord. And I guarantee you his presence will come in incredible power. The fifth Hebrew word for praise is uh, zamar. Zamar, to make music, to sing, or to play an instrument. Psalm 149.3 says, Let them praise his name with dancing, making melody to him with tambourine and lyre. We do this every single week as we gather together. Uh, We have a band on stage making music unto the Lord. I have a friend who um, about five years ago, he woke up in the middle of the night from a dream And the dream was the Lord telling him to begin to make guitars so that those who play the guitar will make a melody unto the Lord. Is that not incredible? Zamar. To to play an instrument unto the Lord. 
to worship him with music. Some of you might be saying, well, Randall, I actually don't play an instrument and you don't want me to play an instrument. That is okay. Let the band play the instruments. That is completely fine. However, you have been given vocal cords and you have been given a voice that you can sing unto the Lord and make that your instrument of praise. Make that your instrument of praise. The sixth Hebrew word for praise is tauda. I think I'm pronouncing that right, probably not. But it is thanksgiving or a confession of who God is. Psalm 100 is a a psalm of thanksgiving. It says, shout for joy to the Lord all the earth. Worship the Lord with gladness. Come before him with joyful song. Enter his gates with thanksgiving and his courts with praise. Give thanks to him and praise his name. This is um, praise that is rooted in thankfulness. A lot of our prayers, Lord, thank you for who you are. Thank you for bringing us through this day. Thank you that your leadership is perfect. This is a, a way to praise the Lord by thanking him for what he's done, for who he is. Uh, and finally, number seven, Shabbat, Shabbat, to exclaim, to shout, to celebrate, or to commend. Psalm 117.1, Shabbat the Lord, all you nations. Extol him, all you peoples. I'm not sure why, it's probably a cultural thing. It's probably a tradition thing. But uh, we are not very shabaki. <laughs> I shouldn't have done that. Um, we don't shabak a lot. We don't shout for joy a lot. We'll do it at a football game. We'll do it at a hockey game. We'll, we'll do it in other, other contexts. But in the context of a believe, the believers coming together, you know, we might have a shout here and there, but it's not something of our culture uh, uh, as Cochrane Alliance. Um, and it's okay to get excited about God. It is okay to shout his praise. He actually commands that we would shout his praise to all the nations. Declare his praise to all the nations. So this morning, I want you to help me. Um, I'll give the three, two, one, and then we'll all shout together, just so we can just so we can try it out, so that we we can all look like fools together. Is that okay? All right. So the first thing I want you to shout is Jesus we praise you. Jesus we praise you. Okay? So on three, two, one. Three, two, one. Jesus we praise you. There we go. We shabbat. <laughs> uh, secondly, Jesus you are awesome. Three, two, one. Jesus you are awesome. And then finally, let's shout Jesus is king. Three, two, one. Jesus is king. There we go. Come on.
All right, let's stand up. I'll call the band up as we close in one song. The, the closing song isn't a super uh, get on your spoons and dance or anything like that. But uh, nonetheless, feel free to be unreserved, exuberant in your praise. However, that might, that might for you, that might be raising your hands for the very first time. That might be kneeling before the Lord. That might be giving a shout of praise. But Cochrane Alliance, let's be a church that is unreserved in our worship. Let's be a church that worships the Lord in spirit and in truth. Let us be a church that praises the Lord from our inner being, for he is worthy of our praise. He's worthy of our worship and for our lives to be completely devoted to him. Amen.